0: One, the new founder, co-founder of Clarion OS. Uh, We're gonna talk about Eden OS today. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on. Dan is back in the EOS community. Uh, And obviously everyone knows Eve LaRose, the number one block producer in the world. Uh, The recent recipient of uh, the EOS VC grant to build a community driven grant matching crowdfunding portal. Um, We're talking uh, the new governance model that Dan is presenting called Eden OS. And they, I think all of this stuff kind of ties together. I think this is a great episode because we've never had Dan on anything. Like, you've barely been able to interact. You, you were barely able to do this stuff as it was for the last couple of years. And to do it with a BP on my other side is just incredible because I see this episode as a way to uh, reunite everyone that's ever been in the EOS ecosystem. I hope people who haven't been paying as much attention, see this, tune in and get all caught up on all of the latest things happening because for the first time in uh, since around B1 June, there's more stuff going on than I can keep up with. Like it was literally stressful to catch up on all of the conversations going on uh, to, to just prepare for this. And I, I see this episode as a consensus building episode. So we got consensus between the block producers, the EOS community, the EOS token holders uh, for the architects of EOS. And I'm going to just stop talking and say welcome, guys. And thanks for uh, joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me on. It's really <laughs> good to be able to engage and, and get the conversation started.
2: Yeah, so yeah, thank you very much. I'm excited as well. This is my first show with Dan. This is the first time that Dan and I like on this is the first time live with video that we're able to speak. Um, you know, Dan is the reason why I'm here, uh, and and basically has shaped my life for the last three years. And so this is, if I could be blushing, I'd probably be blushing right now. (laughs) Um, so one of my questions here is, I
0: I think you guys didn't have a relationship until very recently, whenever Dan kind of showed up in the ES community with a a bang, like you, you just came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone was expecting, but did you guys know each other before or talk to each
1: other
2: before or is this a
1: not too much uh, no yeah no.
2: we spoke yeah. maybe a few times like prior to mainnet launch and maybe after mainnet launch but very very little i would say insignificant but mm-hmm. definitely in the last uh, two or three weeks there's been there's been a lot of discussions back and forth and for obvious reasons um, so yeah
1: the, the biggest thing is i recently got back on telegram for the yes. first time in a really long time, and so many people were there and just reaching out and mm-hmm. you know having a discussion, smoothing things over, right, just allowing people to express what was on their mind and yeah, I could express express what I was up to. I could engage and I could find out what's going on with the block producers. And I recently joined the block producer group with all the all the block producers and started trying to understand what their needs were. Uh, and and uh, I, I think the biggest thing that I've realized is you know, there's a lot of rumors just circulating about the intentions of people that you have no idea who they are, that they're mysterious and so forth. And it's really easy to fall into the trap of, of believing without knowing right, just because it's repeated enough. And and I fell victim of that, and I just assumed the worst. Uh, but that's because I was hearing second, third hand through the interpretations of, of others. But I've come to know a couple of the block producers, uh, and I, I think that there's, everyone involved really wants the best for EOS. I want the best, they want the best. And if we could just start to give each other the space to be and assume the best, <clears throat> I think that, EOS will work out great. There's not anyone working against EOS other than our own suspicions mm-hmm. of each other because we're not communicating.
0: So the, the theme of the show, uh, it, it's it's something, it come out of the Chinese community, Eve, the make EOS great again, meme thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's on the thumbnail. That's one of the themes of today's show is how can we make EOS great again? And when we say again, that means it was great at one point. And then personally, in my opinion, from the, main that, the lead up to the mainnet launch, all the way up until B1 June was when EOS was great, and then we had the hackathons, we had the announcement of EOS VC, we had all of the optimism in the world, and then after B1 June, um, Dan and, and Brendan, you guys both left Telegram. Honestly, I, I I will pinpoint that as a moment where the 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 light of the community kind of dimmed a little bit because people just want to have an open conversation, and as like you said. Like, you're, if you're not available to communicate, then you could become the boogeyman. Like, even I have this conversation all the time about some of the exchanges, how a lot of people think that they're the boogeyman, but that's not always the case. And it's just because it's a miscommunication or no communication at all. So it's projection,
1: um, right? In, in, in the absence of information, your imagination runs wild. It's natural.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and then continuing on after B1 June Eve at EOS Rio, you you gave a, a presentation that was kind of the lead up to your WPS that you're building, and it was titled "To Reigniting the Magic for EOS." So you obviously saw what I saw also, where it was like the optimism and the the enthusiasm and everyone just having that go getter attitude. It kind it slowly diminished a little bit. So this question could be for either of you guys, and we could elaborate. Is like. What do you think happened that that dimmed the light of the community? And not, then we can get into how we're planning to address and how we're currently addressing it to make EOS great again.
1: Well, I think a lot of it had to do with expectation uh, of other people to do something, right? There was looking to block one uh, and in the absence of communication or clarity about uh where you know road maps and things like that people just had no idea where we're going right and there's just darkness descends on the land uh there and you know lots of people have tried to step up but there was always be, because you know there's looking to block one for approval to do things uh that's kind of you know killed things right whether it's worker proposal systems that didn't go through or whatnot and no one really knew who had authority to say what was going to happen. Uh, and there's this relationship between EOS and block one that's just, has been very, very strong. And now that I'm no longer part of block one, but I can engage directly with the EOS community. Now I say, hey guys, EOS is its own thing. We can make EOS whatever we as a community choose to make it. Uh, and And not wait on block one to do anything in particular. And this is actually, um you know i can't speak for block one but from their perspective right they said eos is a community thing and block one is producing the software and there are many EOS IO chains out there as a community we need to take ownership of it and so that's been what i've been coming into the community and say hey i'm here let's take ownership of uh, eos as its own thing as its own destiny and really focus on what we can do. We've got a currency with a $4 billion market cap and uh, tons of potential, tons of things that can be done with that. Um, and just by looking at what we have and what we can do with it, uh, we can make forward progress instead of uh, looking back at what we thought we might have had, or what we might have lost, and what we expect other people to do. That just drains the energy out of the room. Everyone's waiting on somebody else to come save, and then people get upset when things don't happen as they would like. So my message is, hey, let's get together, let's talk about what we can do, and realize that we can provide as much or more funding for EOS directly through um, the a small amount of inflation than Block One is providing for EOS development and EOSIO development. We have the power to have complete control over the future if we can just reach consensus right? This is a soft kind of consensus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's leading the community? How are we going to allocate funds? How do we make sure things aren't being abused? Uh, And and if we can have that consensus, we can move forward. And and right now, the only consensus that we've had is uh, wait on Block 1. And all this, you know, by me saying don't rely on Block 1, don't expect things from Block 1, nothing bad about Block 1. Block 1 is building the core protocol. They're releasing Updates to the system contract. I suspect that staking pools will be coming pretty soon, and um, you know they've recently funded a grant. And th- there's things in that Block One is doing for the EOS community, and there's things Block One is doing for EOSIO. That's all great, but Block One is EOSIO. They're neutral to to most networks, and we should be grateful for the blockchain engagement team that's um, that's reaching out to the EOS community and and helping meet the needs that we might have. But if we really want to turbocharge EOS, we really want to ignite the community, we take ownership of it. And that means doing some some basic things like having a website for EOS, that is for the EOS community, that is the portal that you say, hey, you want to check out EOS, get involved with EOS. This is the authoritative website. And that website should be linked from all the coin market caps and, and similar websites Instead of you know, discovering EOS and Cap and then going to EOS.io, it doesn't talk about EOS at all. It talks about EOS.io and everything. There's no ins- instructions on how to get the network wallets, account creation. All the questions people might have are not answered on EOS.io. Um, and so information scattered. And so from the outside, it's just really hard to get into EOS. And so you know, I, I came in and I, I was looking at the gaps of you know what do we need to give EOS its own identity free from from block one and the expectations of, of what block one should or shouldn't do well
0: that's a lot to unpack so prior to you rejoining the community to kind of dr- lead it forward and reach a consensus the other man on the screen here was kind of the lead i would call you one of the top leaders of the EOS community I'd also say that you served as the Block One Dan and Brendan punching bag for the EOS community because you I were the only it, yes. you were the only one that they could release this negative energy on, of and they, they felt helpless and they they took it out on you. They take it out on everyone, but it's really just the lack of communication. And now we have the communication. So, Eve, you also uh, so after that. Um, talk you gave reigniting the the magic of the EOS community a few months later you released the the initial version of your WPS, this was around like last February. So you were literally doing what Dan is saying should have happened on the mainnet where you, you take the bull by the horns, we create a funding mechanism. Uh, you had a great strategy I think to do that. and it was ready to go forward. and then it, it kind of got stopped. and then I think we went through another lull because of that because I think there was a big build up to this and then it stopped. Um, And then out of it came something even better. And we talked about it last night. So Eve, what has the journey been like for you? So as far as taking ownership of the network, like at what point did you, the block, not just you, but I know you're communicating with all of the other block producers. So like, at what point did people figure out that they can't wait on block one anymore and they just got to do something about it. And uh, I guess take us along the path to now. So obviously there's a lot to
2: unpack in what, yeah, you, what a Dan said and then what you added uh, um, to it. And I echo a lot of the sentiment that that Dan um, was sharing and and the concepts of what he's talking about um, and how that relates to uh, what he wrote in his book. And because Dan spends a lot of, clearly Dan spends a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious by now as well that I spend a lot of time thinking about this and I do so more publicly than Dan was capable of doing prior to, and so, as you mentioned, we were kind of the the output for a lot of this, um, a lot of these failed expectations, a lot of this this anger, a lot of uh, basically sadness, because a lot of people had high hopes. Um, but some of those expectations also didn't stand necessarily inherently from those individuals, but from, they were pushed from, from other entities, other stakeholders, including block one. Um, but we have to remind ourselves that we're like Dan created something that didn't exist before, and this was an experiment. And, and Dan is very, very upfront in saying that a lot of what he does, he uh he um not elaborates, but he he implements live as it's going, right? And I think that one of the big things that changed was that prior to mainnet launch, there was a lot of uh you know back and forth and and, and somewhat uh creation as we went along, and that really started slowing down, and then we started Uh, as as with anything it's new this got created it's new it's now out in the wild and everybody has different ideas of whose role or whose responsibility it is to take care of x y or z and then we clearly over a period of time see that oh we're actually missing this function or we're putting this function on these individuals but maybe they're not the rest the best people to, to take care of this but the system that we have in place doesn't necessarily facilitate the finding of those individuals for that particular function. Um, And I think that this is what's most exciting for for me. So we look at, and and our journey has been very, very difficult as, as block producers, more so specifically, because we're really the only output for the West. There are no other Western block producers right now. We are the only one. And so we are essentially bearing the weight of the Western community on our shoulders. Um, Whereas in China, From a geographical point of view, there are obviously way more people, but they're more concentrated. So it is possible when I'm in China to go from city to city to city and hit most of the EOS community in a very short period of time um, in the same language, same culture. Whereas it's impossible to do that in the West. How many countries would I have to go to? When I go somewhere, there's maybe 100 people in a room. Whereas if I go in China, I can easily fill 10,000 people in a room. And so the concentration is is very different. And That's been one of the most difficult things is how do we kind of bridge that gap? But that really stems from the fact that a lot of the tokens and the governance system that we have in place is based on the tokens. It is an oligarchy. A lot of the tokens are concentrated in one region and they're very dispersed in other regions. And as Dan mentioned in his book, uh, and, and this goes through society as a whole, when people are dispersed and when people are disjointed and they can't communicate effectively, then it's very easy to not be able to assemble themselves and to um, essentially be able to coordinate. And that's the big lack, Is we've seen a huge lack of a process in place for people to be able to come together, coordinate, and have that output so that people feel that they can be a part of the system. Now, clearly, people feel that they're a part of this current system that exists, but there's a predominant. Focus on those who have tokens and because of Pareto, those who have a large amount of tokens. So it's very easy for a token holder who has a very minimal share of tokens to feel like they're not represented because their vote doesn't count. It's not valued. Sure, it does. It does count. I mean, you can vote on chain and it does do something. But realistically, the proportion is so small that you it's very easy to feel like you can't. Now, EOS Nation has tried to do as much as possible to be that source of communication. There's only so much that we can do. So we go back to the, what are the people in place capable of doing and what are their expertise? And we kind of placed everything on the block producers. And then we also placed a lot of everything on block one. But as time goes by, we see that, well, maybe block one is not the best suited stakeholder to do X, Y, or Z, or they're constrained and they can't do X, Y, Z. Likewise with the block producers. What I'm most excited about with having Dan back in the community, for one, Dan is able to mobilize people like no other. The gravitas that Dan has is incredible. He's the founder of this. He's the founder of multiple pieces of software prior to this, yeah. um, and in, he just has had that gravitas, right? And if somebody's going to be able to create this new entity, uh, which I guess we we call Eden OS or, or the Function, Dan is really the best person that I you can know, think of. The to only be, person to that consensus. Well, yeah, I would, yeah, I would argue the only person. The only person is really, really important. So how this is going to be created and the output and the type of people and the kind of people that it will be able to give voice to, in my opinion, is something that we currently don't have. We don't have that function. And it is clear after three years that we are missing that function. We clearly have a voice for those who have a lot of tokens. We don't have a voice for those who have a lot of skin in the game in terms of sweat equity or other variables that aren't necessarily tokens.
1: Yeah. Let me just address some of the nature of what's gone on and what lessons have learned and how we got to where we are today. Because a lot of people, when when you present a solution to them, they're like, why didn't you come up with that three years ago? Yeah, right, (laughs) yeah, obvious now. Yeah, you know it now. Why didn't you know it then? Right, there's this kind of uh expectation to just have the answers. Um, but uh, I've been looking at well, I saw what how bid shares went, and there was um, lack of incentive to uh fund um developers. Uh, there's a you know, inflation was a bad word in the bid shares community, it's very controversial. when I added it as a means of of trying to find a sustainable way to have all stakeholders fund the work that's necessary to see the thing forward, right? Because there's a there's a moral hazard of wanting somebody else to put in money and not get any return, right? That's just an unalignment and unsustainability to it. Uh, and BitShares also struggled because well, you're asking people to put money into something that's experimental, that's that's new. That's a much harder Sales pitch. And so then I went on to Steam. And the idea of Steam was well, let's recognize that people can contribute work and not just money, that they can create something like posts and content that can then be indexed by Google and drive traffic and drive adoption. And how would you bootstrap a currency and an economy with no wealth, right? And that's what the idea of Steam was. And that was largely successful, except you know, it's trying to do the massively decentralized budgeting or allocation of funds where people were voting and so forth on subjective content, right? So it was the first attempt to use network inflation to be massively distributed among a large number of people and then grow. Of course, you know, these things are experimental, and we, we got to see that uh, you know, Pareto principle takes over, and you end up with some people that have an outsized portion of tokens and then they play a different game of they don't care about growing the whole pie they just care about growing their share of the pie and they can make more profit of their share growing than trying to grow everyone's and then there's other ego and and things like that that come into the mix of of things but we start to see how that created a a culture that started driving people away even though steam at the time was the easiest to use blockchain that your grandma could get on and people didn't even realize they were using a blockchain it was that easy and there were no transaction fees right so i'm doing these things and then we get to eos and we're going to bring all the best things of theme and bit shares and then add programmability so that anyone can build apps but now we had a a new challenge how do you allocate resources for cpu storage and the like how are you going to govern how are you going to allocate tokens so i just implemented the same consensus algorithm but there is always this Pareto distribution of wealth in the back um and you know eos originally had a proposal for i guess a minimal worker proposal system uh you you identify three accounts that are going to get the most votes and they're just going to get a proportion of the inflation. And then that could fund different, different things. Uh, Brendan and I changed our mind against that. When we saw how the incentives were to siphon off the money and not invest, uh, not use it for the good of the community. Right. And so, uh, we wanted to pause that because there was, there was a problem with, delegated voting, stake-weighted voting for, for block producers,
2: and, or for
1: resource allocation. Um, and so we need to put on pause, but I, don't, I didn't have the answer immediately for how do we fix this? You now, do we go back to proof of work? Well, that's an oligarchy too. That's Pareto distributed too. That's wasting a lot of resources too. Uh, do we go to some other proof of stake system? Pareto's dominating there and we're seeing similar things so what is the solution uh, how do we do that and it took me a while to come up with the answer and during that time I, I could you know we, we talk about staking pools and tweaking things here and tweaking things there all those things are um, they're going around the edge they're not getting to the heart of the problem I didn't get Siri <laughs> so <you> didn't understand <laughs> that, you need words. to
2: break it down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Siri, I'll explain it to you. Hang in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I needed to really think about well, how is, what's the nature of cooperation and consensus building because blockchain is, I'd say there's two aspects of blockchain communities. You've got the objective consensus, the real time consensus, right? The stuff the computers are doing. And then you've got the consensus that people are doing, right? Uh, you know, how are we going to govern the chain? When are we going to hard fork? Uh, what features are we going to add? How are we going to allocate inflation? When there's a bug, how does it get resolved? Th- that's the subjective governance. And Bitcoin has it. Ethereum has it. Every blockchain has it, right? They like to ignore that they have it and they pretend that it's all algorithms. But the algorithms only govern a limited subset of consensus, which is Making sure that in real time transactions are processed and there's agreement that this is what's valid. But so much of community building is subjective consensus and decision making. And so I got right down to well, we start off in the in the jungle. Right. And we're we're animals and you know, Mike makes rights. So that's the only thing that matters. And uh, you know, from a t- take judgments and morality and in any of those notions um, that i guess are unsubstantiated there's reasons and rationale why they exist and i'm not saying those are bad things but fundamentally might makes right at the end of the day uh, sorry mike is what might is what happens but it's not necessarily right or wrong it's just nature uh, but when you think about it two people working together are stronger than two people that are not coordinated that's might right and so the mightiest are the ones that can coordinate the most people working together and the the weakest are those who can't coordinate with other people. And so there has to be some kind of consensus among any group of people so that they can move together and they can operate together and actually be stronger and survive in nature. Um, And so I started investigating, well, what is the rationale for people to come together for consensus why are they doing it from a purely selfish, like, you know, we like to have a lot of anarchists out there that say down with the government, no government, all blockchain, right? Uh, that kind of mindset. But there's still, why would a person voluntarily submit themselves to be governed by a democracy? And if it's not a democracy, is it, let, let the richest guy control everyone and that's what we're going to do. Let the person who's got the best looking or the most muscles or the most computer power all those things are kind of like arbitrary reasons for everyone to follow that person and to make them the leader. Uh, and that's what I was digging through when I was writing my book. And, you know, I had to deal with, you know, why are democracies failing? Why do we have two-party systems that don't seem to work? Why do psychopaths <laughs> always seem to get in power? And the bigger the country, the more evil the leaders tend to be. Um, and those are the questions that I had to evaluate to get from a first principles philosophy basis to answers on how we can create a better subjective governance layer for blockchains uh, that um, can then hold leaders accountable, uh, select leaders that have positive consensus building tra- traits that aren't going to um, manipulate the system to get in power and then and then sap the wealth from everyone else who's participating. Uh, We needed the right checks and balances there. And that's what I was doing during all those, that time that I was quiet, because I didn't have the answers and I didn't want to just throw half-baked ideas out there or things that I couldn't uh, fully articulate. And that's why I put it all in the book. Writing the book was a process for me of, of organizing my thoughts and keeping track of all these things. And now that I've got that, I actually believe that there's a way that we can create a, a governance system that's inclusive for as many people as possible, that gives everyone as much power and independence as possible, and prevents capture of political parties, prevents incumbents, prevents celebrities from having an automatic sure win, right? It prevents stagnation. Uh, and all these things are what we need for a decentralized, governance, a, a true democracy, if you will, uh, versus a system uh, that's governed by some oligarchy or some insider's club uh, that just, they get in power and you can't do anything about it. They control the, the choke points on the community and you have to do what they say or else. So I, I've been talking a while, but you know, if you want to understand what I was doing for, those years and why I wasn't, I guess, more vocal, because I didn't have all the answers on how to fix it um, that I thought would be sufficient. And now I think I've got, I knew it's admittedly a theory, admittedly it's experimental, like everything, but I think it's the best hope that we have, not just for EOS, but for the broader society, of getting a group of real non-civil attack people to come to consensus on which way you want to go, and to operate together, and if we can get this group of people together, we can empower them over the EO's currency, and to put that inflation uh, to good use for the community, to grow it further, I think we can create a very powerful force in the world for for the betterment and empowerment of all the members of the community. And that's the purpose of the community, is to uh, increase the independence of its members, um, so that's my long-winded answer for <laughs> where we've been, where we need to go, uh, and and why it wasn't necessarily obvious. And we can go into you know, what the structure is uh, for the audience here in a little bit. Um, but you know that's why I wrote the book.
0: One of one so of the oh, uh, I was <laughs> I was just going to say that I I, I I'm going to let. Eve, comment on this, but one of the things I've seen in the community as Dan's been presenting these ideas for Eden OS or the Eden DAO is none of this matters if the block producers won't accept it. Like, what do the block producers think? So I think respond in whatever way you plan to, Eve. but uh, please address uh, what you've seen and heard from the block producers since you're the one that kind of has consensus with all of them.
2: Sure. So I guess the first thing I wanted to, to to say from what Dan said is I think one of the key components um, that, that's still missing for me in, in how this plays out uh, is the timing aspect of things. So time is going to be an incredibly important variable in the political playoffs in the sense of how often does this process reoccur? And, and obviously, if I think you even address it that, let's say we do it one year, well, maybe there's incentive for people to do things at the beginning of their term, at the end of their turn and very little in between. Um, so the, the stagnation that it will be essentially a reserve a ver- reverse bell curve, depending on which point of view you look at it. Um, so how would you address that or what's the idea with that in terms of, of timing wise, I know that it, it was talked about yeah, one okay. year, perhaps faster in comparison so to that- with the block producers comparatively it's an ongoing every block essentially gets updated how can you essentially fall upon a time variable that's quick enough not to induce stagnation but that's long enough to actually get things done
1: sure um this also needs to be weighed against the stability of of the governance right You, you don't want the president of the united states changing every time he says something that upsets half the people, right? <laughs> you know, there's uh, that could re- result in chaos on, in policy. And in fact, in my book, I, I indicate that uh, any proposal that goes forward uh, should be proposed by the current president. Hmm. And then the next president has to ratify it before it comes yeah. into the law so that the people actually have a chance to veto or, or change if they don't like what it is. And and the principle there is that nature is not changing. The laws that are best suited for a prosperous society don't need to be changing constantly in response to everything. Um, And that it's like trying to fly an airplane with a high latency, right? You you move the joystick, but you don't see the, the dials update for a couple of minutes. But the plane could be in the ground by then, right? People changing policies in, in the government, they, they're yanking on the joystick left and right, and the consequences can take years or decades or sometimes centuries to play out. Uh, and so we need to have a very stable governance. Now that's once you understand what the basis is, once you have a, a base status quo. Now early on, we're still experimenting right now, but and so you might want to have a little bit faster um, updates as we learn what doesn't work and what does work. So. Uh, in the long term, I, I think it's not going to be a problem to have a one-year pace with a long proposal process. Um, and th- that's necessary for people to evaluate what it is, the impact it's going to have them for businesses to adapt to what's coming down the road. Uh, to If I'm going to build a business on a platform, I want to know that it's not going to change overnight on me, right? Right. Um, that uncertainty is is death to business it's risk it has to be priced in so as a community the goal of the governance should be stability um, now st- um, so there's that aspect of it uh, we've got, we've kind of jumped right ahead and assumed the audience knows what, I'm, what we're talking about with political playoffs and, and the like. they're, they're
0: pretty um, hardcore I would say that Okay. If they're tuning in right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're, th- yeah. There's like a level of abstraction here with the everything EOS audience. Like I would just speak under the assumption that they, they know about the political playoffs. These okay. are some hardcore people.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll give a, just a 10 yeah. second description of, of what it is. You've got a group of people that uh, you want to reach consensus on. You want to make sure that it's representative of the people you want to make sure that, um, that it's not celebrity-based. So you group them into random groups of 10 people. It could be other numbers, but we're assuming 10. And they, they each appoint a leader just from their group, which means each group only ever has to consider the people that are in their group. They don't have to have global knowledge. They don't have to be experts on every topic about how the blockchain works, how economics works. You just have to evaluate the people you do. Do you like them? Do they understand your concerns? Do you trust them? Do they have a reputation? and and so forth. And that taps into the wisdom of the crowds uh, because people you have lots of people making independent judgments focused in their local area. Uh, And so there's more focus on more people and every single person, if you can convince 10 people, you can get some power. And their proposal for Eden is that if you can get even elected by 10 power, you're given a budget from the inflation that you can start spending to, you know, fulfilling whatever campaign promises you made to your little group of 10 to cover your costs of or just being a, a, a community member at that. And then once you have the representatives from each group, you repeat the process. You, you divide people into groups of 10 and so forth. And so depending on the size of the community, this might take three to uh, four rounds. If it's a hundred million people, you can do it in I think seven rounds or so, seven or eight rounds. Uh, so it doesn't take too many rounds to select uh, from a large group, uh, a set of leaders. Um, and so my proposal is the EOS community uh, come together. This, we use this process to select a group of leaders, right? A couple at the top, middle layer, bottom layer. Uh, and then we, we trickle budgets down and we give autonomy down to, to these groups so that we can fund the projects that the people want um, and that the people are interested in without everyone having to understand every project without, um, having to have a massive campaign audience to get, uh, attention of everyone so they can vote for what you're doing. Uh, and in that way we can get a lot done in parallel, but still with integrity and we have leaders and a, and a way for information to flow down, you know, up and down the, the chain. Um, and so that's the the structure of political playoffs. Uh, it's designed to select the individuals who are most effective at getting consensus in a group of 10, because you have to convince seven out of 10 people to select you. And if you can't convince seven out of 10, that group can't promote anyone forward. So consensus building is the skill that the playoffs are optimizing. Kind of like you know, if you have basketball playoffs, it's going to be the tallest, best shooting, Uh, basketball players that are going to be the ones that advance if it's chess it's going to be the people that are best at chess that are going to advance here the best consensus builders are going to be the ones that advance and you know i you know people ask what type of person is this going to be uh and my my theory is that if you had someone like marshall rosenberg who invented nonviolent communication as a means of having empathy and not judging people and resolving disputes between warring tribes people with that type of personality are gonna be the most likely to advance because they can hear the needs of everyone. They can, they're not gonna be judgmental and they're going to be able to connect in a way that then allows people to reach solutions. And I think that that type of personality and those types of skills are the ones that political playoffs will select for. And that's what you need for community unity uh, as we're trying to move forward.
2: Eve? Uh, Well, I can address I agree with with what Dan just said, Uh, I I think that that's what's going to result in happening that there are a lot of people that that have been asking what would stop, for example, the same people that currently um, hold positions of power in EOS, uh, arguably the block producers from being successful in a system like that. I think it's a different skill set. So one, I don't think that they would necessarily make it that far. I don't think they'd want to make it that far regardless like i don't think that that's that's not something that would be of interest to them first of all but i don't think that that's what was result so regardless of whether or not they'd want to i don't think that that's what's going to be the output which is why i think it's a really good balance for that so that it really represents a different kind of person or really both represent people so both represent communities but they are clearly it's obvious by now that there are different communities there are different there are different types of people different points of view. And at the base, ideally, I think the idea is that you start off with having a second one. But there's nothing stopping from in the future having multiple of these which represent multiple communities, multiple types of people, cultures, languages, whatever it may be, whatever that that line is between you know, both DAOs or whatever you'd want to call them. I think that you, know, you start off with one and you'd add multiple over time and ideally, like, like Dan says in his book, at some point, you have so many of them that they each have a voice. So everybody feels like they've got a voice in some way, shape or form or each voice is somewhat represented in some way, shape or form. Whereas the current system does not does not really facilitate that. But it also is not designed for that. That's the big thing is it's it's not designed for that. So, of course, that's not the output you're going to get. Um, yeah, so it, just to, to mention it, that part.
1: Yeah. Hmm. In my book, I call for democracies of democracies. You don't mm, want yeah, 100 no. million people in one political playoff. You want autonomous communities, and then you have groups of autonomous communities, right? Just like in theory, we have states and a federal government. Uh, the states would each have a leader, and then they use political playoffs to select that. And the key is that the it's a recursive, fractal kind of governance structure that maximizes the power of the individual to have a chain, a chain reaction on the entire system. Like if you if you look at the cover of my book, it's it's uh, one individual here who knocks over a small domino. That's their local community. And then as that local community reaches new consensus, they can knock over a bigger one. And eventually you bring down the empire, right? Or you, you change all of society. But it's only possible if you can reach consensus at a local level and actually effect change at the local level without dependence on having to get change at the global level first um and so that's
2: big, uh, <laughs> big shout out for dan to bringing his book and just <laughs> casually shilling the book in the middle of the I, stream I, it I, makes I, think I, of linus tech tips when I, they take out and look at this linus tech tips water bottle I, I, i'll, I'll show really I book. It, you i saw you published
0: uh, an nft for the book today didn't you yeah i, I saw it in the... I, I did
1: <laughs> i did i i, I i've been uh, accused of not having used uh, eos and for a number of reasons, I guess this is something else that's worth discussing. Uh, so many of the things that I wanted to build, whether they're decentralized exchanges or social media platforms with tokens, they have all these tokens that have all these regulations and and concerns around it. And so, well, what kind of apps can you build that don't have tokens that aren't going to be considered securities, and and yet still benefit from blockchain? Uh, and that's a uh, and and there's just so many consequences of just engaging with the blockchain, particularly if you're a high profile individual that has you know, regulators looking at your every move. So uh, I hadn't actually used the EOS blockchain uh, that much uh, other than uh, tr- trying out a prediction market. But today I got in there, I, I created a uh, NFT for the uh, cover of my book, um, which is up for auction right now uh and I, I did that with um i guess atomic assets on uh on eos so you know i've used eos it's it's great to see all the great tools that people are creating i i love the concept of nfts um i i think it's a, they're a little bit of a bubble right now but uh it's it's still fascinating it's kind of like fine art everything is unique and you own it for its uniqueness sake and and people are just collecting memorabilia or or things that they think other people want to collect in the future because it's going to have some kind of long-term significance to it Uh, and so that's it's really cool to see what people are, are doing there
0: it's actually good timing though because up until what maybe a month or two ago there really wasn't an nft marketplace on eos and es nation you guys kind of have something
2: to do What's some of that, we did the first one. Well, so we have an NFT studio. You should check your messages down. Uh, you have an. We have an NFT studio. There's a lot for you to learn on how to make NFTs. Your first NFT is nice. It's missing a lot of metadata that would make it better. And we'll definitely help you. And anybody, I'm sure, will will gladly help you on that. But I think it's cool. I think I think it was important for you to address Dan that, uh, because even from my point of view, it's it's sad to hear that you never really used EOS as the creator of the software. Um, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good out there. There's, there's, the the software is amazing. It's amazing. I haven't
1: used it, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's giving me an opportunity to see a lot of the, uh, rough patches. Um, I'd like to address some of that because I think the nature of EOS, uh, the resource model has changed recently. And when, when EOS was launched, it was presented as a token that represented a share of the CPU of the network. If you had... Uh, 1% of the tokens, you got 1% of the network. EOS is clearly a utility uh, uh, token, right? Because that's what it was. But the consequence of that was if the EOS price goes up, the cost of using the network gets prohibitively expensive. It's like if you're building le- electronic components out of gold and the monetary value of gold goes really high, then all of a sudden your your electronics are too expensive because they depend on gold the uh, same kind of thing was happening with, with EOS. With the new resource model, EOS is uh, more of a currency and the currency's you know, unique market is that the resources are only available in that currency. So it's kind of like the petrodollar where oil is only available in dollars. Resources on the EOS network are only available in EOS. Um, and that's a, a pivot from EOS as a resource, to EOS as a currency which is an important distinction because I think that EOS as a currency is the future direction for maximum uh, adoption. And I think EOS makes a far, far better currency than, than some other networks. And it's because it's scalable, because the cost of transacting is low. Uh, it's because it's more divisible than Bitcoin or Ethereum. And uh, you know that the visibility characteristic is a function of what's the smallest transaction that you can do uh, with, uh, with, say, a 1% fee or less, right? And it, it doesn't matter that you can divide Bitcoin to eight decimal places if the smallest Bitcoin transaction you can do with a 1% fee is hundreds of dollars, right? Um, yeah, and Ethereum, when the average transaction cost is $20. Uh, these types of things mean that unless you're transacting in big quantities, It's not divisible. In fact, gold coins are more divisible than Ethereum and Bitcoin in that you can get a 10th of an ounce of gold, about $200 worth. And that's something you can actually transact with without any transaction fees. You can't transact efficiently in $200 worth of Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, So as Bitcoin and Ethereum grow, it's gonna go the same direction gold went. It's all gonna flow into the banks whether it's an exchange or, or some other middle layer. And the banks are going to issue IOUs for the Bitcoin and you're gonna transfer it all around. And the average person is not going to own Bitcoin or Ethereum. They're gonna have claims on Bitcoin and Ethereum denominated assets in exchanges. And eventually, you know, maybe governments will say, well, sorry, you're not allowed to control the private keys, right? They're already talking about that type of thing. And then um, then you start getting fractional reserves, and eventually the reserve disappears, and then Bitcoin just becomes a unit of account that's printed to infinity because the people don't realize that Bitcoin, or like the dollar used to be amount of gold, that a Bitcoin used to be one of these 21 million assets. Uh, and I see that that's the direction it's going to go. And it's going to go in that direction because the base layer is not scalable enough to allow the people to transact in it directly. Uh, and if so, they can't transact in it directly, then it starts falling apart. This
0: argument is good for theory, against Ethereum and Bitcoin, and it would have been a great argument two or three years ago, but today there's other scalable blockchains. So in your mind, like what would make uh, EOS a better currency than something like, I don't know, like Solana or some other next-gen sure. like blockchain.
1: Well, let's talk about what makes a great currency. A great currency is based on the country that issues it, the country that uses it, the economy behind it. The people are what make a great currency. If we want EOS to be a great currency, we have to create a great economy where people are using the currency to buy and selling, and using it as a currency, right? NFTs bought in EOS, great. DeFi that uses EOS as collateral, great. Both of, both of those things are using EOS as currency. They're building the independence of the community. That will add value to EOS as a currency. Um, if if the only thing that EOS is ever used for is is resources on a network, um, and everyone else is, you know, say Bitcoin, Ethereum, and whatever other token uh, get proxied into EOS, then it's going to be like the New York Stock Exchange. You know, they got the value of the exchange itself versus the value of the shares being traded on it. uh, There's a really big difference. So I see the key to adoption is to focus on the economy, which means we need things like the EOS marketplace that's going on in Venezuela. And we need to have more assets for sale. We need to create auctions and eBay type interfaces that use EOS as a currency. Uh, And there's lots of tax challenges with using cryptos as currencies, but as a community, uh, the currency use case is what's going to drive and is the only thing that justifies the value of any of these tokens.
0: A lot of what would need to be built uh, will hopefully at least reach some sort of resolution with um, the community grant portal that we were talking about yesterday. These are all great things that um, they might not necessarily be profitable profit driven to get get the foundations laid, you got to build the public road system first. And right now, we're kind of lacking certain things. Um, a, a, a big uh, recent um, example of this was whenever the Blankos went live for the pre sale, you could pay with all of these other currencies, you couldn't even use your EOS to pay for a Blanco, uh, uh, which was an EOS, I/O EOS potentially based project. So that yep. was uh eye-opener of like how far we still need to go and um i saw you earlier there
1: should, should be a store where i can buy eos t-shirts and sweaters and and, and in, with eos right and if we and if we're going to do things in the community like um you know i uh, asked for a logo for for clarion my my new communication protocol. Uh, I paid in EOS because I wanted to use it as a currency and I wanted people that wanted EOS and that would take EOS to be the only people that could contribute. I don't want people that are going to take credit cards or or Bitcoin. I wanted to create something that was uh, enforcing the community around EOS uh, as, as an example there. And so if, if we do that, then that will be amazing. There's one other thing I'd like to address that I think The EOS community needs to think long and hard about is what does it mean to create a DAP, a decentralized application, right? And this is not just EOS, uh, the Ethereum and other smart contract platforms all have to deal with this. In my mind, the definition of a decentralized application is one that does not depend upon any single uh, centralized counterparty. So if you need to go to a particular website to get a particular interface with a particular API in order to use your app. It might be on a blockchain. It's not a decentralized app. Um, if there's only one provider of the API that you need, it's not a decentralized application. Uh, if it, to be a decentralized application, it should almost be the point where you can download an Electron app to your computer. You can point it at uh, um, one of a 100 different API endpoints that you can then. Pay for the API data from. uh, And you know that this app will continue to work uh, without any reliance on the creator of the app or a particular service provider. And if we apply this test, uh, we'll see that um, a lot of things that we consider decentralized haven't actually achieved that goal and that the EOS community uh, could do to create that environment so that I could write software for a new social media platform and then people can download an app and run it and i don't have to host any servers for it whatsoever and it continues to function that would be a decentralized app uh, one that requires my domain in order to use it uh, is just using a public blockchain as the infrastructure for a centralized application uh, and you see the same kind of problems on ethereum where there's interfaces for. Doing this DeFi product or that DeFi product, but uh, if the website goes down, you can't use those interfaces. Right? You might have your keys, you might be able to do things by hand, but in reality, for, for most people, it's not actually they're not actually decentralized applications because there's whoever is hosting those applications has taken a lot of liability, uh, and they can be forced to censor things, uh, delist things. I, I've heard of delisting of assets from decentralized marketplaces. What's that about? <laughs> right? It's, uh, uh, and so if we work together to fund the development of the API node infrastructure so that people can build and deploy apps without having to have any of their own infrastructure on their own, then we will achieve the decentralized vision. And then EOS will be a more powerful currency in that environment. Uh, and that's part of what Clarion's for. Decentralized the communication of stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be synchronized um, and ordered on a blockchain but is nevertheless uh, signed and uh, attested and and integrates into an interface but th- that's where i'd like to see the eos community address
0: so you went from one thing to another, and I think they're totally different with the EOS as a currency. And then you got into like yeah, some ideals uh, with decentralization. I want to backtrack to the currency. Um, sure. And that's just because I know Eve has an opinion on this of EOS is utility. Like what, what do you see as EOS? Like what's your opinion on EOS as a currency? I'll just leave it open ended because I know we've had this discussion before. And how could we? we is that uh,
2: question to me? yes to you sorry. okay <laughs> i guess you could tell i, sure I was, that was back at dan no no um, sorry i want
0: to hear eve talk this is the longest i've ever heard you not talk
2: because <laughs> i'm i'm taking my place i'm, I'm being very quiet and because i can dominate conversations so i'm <laughs> purposefully remaining as quiet as possible and giving space um so the the uh, so i guess well, concretely i mean there, there's no there's no um uh, denying that we support the idea we just implemented the power up model we led the way for the power up model we we we're the ones who modeled it we're the ones who who actually put the tools out so the other people can model it we chose the parameters in partnership with uh with the stakeholders and and doing the the consultation with stakeholders and i think that that's the first step that's the the one thing that really it, it is a huge transition and it's coming to an end on april 8th but that really is in a way the foundation like that was pouring even prior to pouring the concrete, it is maybe cutting the hole in the ground or whatever for this new for this new base layer functionality that would move us towards in that direction. So obviously leading the way and, and doing what we did in, in that regard is, is formal. I mean, you, you can't debate that support that it is what it is. The next step, I think, in, in that direction would be the staking pools. Um, I strongly think that, and and we're not, and we can go back to the question you asked before about the inflation and about Eden OS, because I think it'll all tie back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and going back to even prior to that, we're the ones who reduced the inflation, burnt the tokens. Um, so there's even a lot to unpack there uh in in that regard. For for us, inflation is not taboo. Um for for me, um economic activity begets economic activity and i think it's this is what's powerful about other ecosystems that we can see like ethereum for example is that we had this idea in in eos or a lot of people had this idea in eos with large voices that inflation is taboo in general and that's maybe where um you know because it stems from blockchain and it stems from who created blockchain and kind of that kind of the people that it that it 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 attracted at first but inflation is not necessarily taboo there's a way Um, for and and this and we don't know we don't know the answer but there's a way for economic activity to actually generate more economic activity and ideally for the 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 whole to not be a zero sum game you need to keep attracting external economic activity as well and this is where we're stuck right now we're not attracting external activity and so we're just inside within the own realm of EOS right now, recycling all of this economic activity, whereas competitors, arguably right now, the other competitor chains are not only in uh, incentivizing economic activity within its own realm, but they're also encouraging and attracting external economic activity. I think for us to be able to start um, increasing the external economic activity to, to be ported on chain, obviously, there's some foundational tools that are required, some 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 bridges and some payment rails and there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's required but also i think incentive wise we need to rethink the way that we currently have the incentives the power up model is one the staking pools are another where if done um, in a certain way it would be an attractive feature an attractive sell for hey people um, you can come to eos you can basically bring your assets onto eos and there's a lot of people who When we talk about large sums for them, this is perhaps a small percentage of their asset portfolio. But for us, it's actually a large amount. So volume wise, large percentage wise, very small for them. And all they want to do is park their assets, not touch them, not do anything, but earn that risk free base level inflation or or uh, dividends. Um, But then with that, that's now in the system, that's liquidity on chain that can now beget more economic activity and that if we're able to, right now we only have 1%, let's say to play with, and we see that that 1% has been optimized. There's no doubt in my mind that the the 1% as it currently exists over the last three years has been optimized, regardless of whether or not you agree on how it's been optimized, it has been optimized. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Adding new inflation to the mix one of them being, for example, EdenOS, which I support, having a set amount of inflation. Um, and, and I will I will lobby on behalf of the other block producers, and I will lobby the other block producers to bring this change to light. Because I think it's important because of what it unlocks and what it's capable of producing, I think is more valuable than the cost to it. Obviously, we won't know until we actually do it. But what is the risk of not doing it at this point? I think far exceeds <laughs> the risk of doing it. There's yep. no doubt in my mind about that as well. And I strongly believe that, based on based on discussions I've had with others, that they also believe the same thing. People who are in the position to be able to vote on inflation, so other block producers. Um, so we've got the staking pools, which would be kind of the second part of transforming EOS into a usable currency. We've got this Eden OS aspect of things, which is also transforming. Um, or or bringing to light I think another function that currently doesn't exist which is perhaps more of the vision the direction the maybe some marketing it's whatever it is is going to be output out of that won't need to focus on whether or not the chain is alive tomorrow whether or not the chain will be able to handle what they can come up with whether or not if magically they attract a million users tomorrow chain will be okay with it whether or not the chain will continue functioning regardless of the token price that part we've optimized what we're missing and where inflation come come into place is the attraction of external capital, which I think can occur with the power up model that's now in place, the staking pools. And then the attraction of the vision, the ideas, the direction, the, 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 the non tangible, more subjective things that that really require a lot of sweat equity. But that isn't necessarily it's hard to to put a, a number on it at any given time because it's more long-term. We don't really have that. And I think that that will come out of the Eden OS um, side of things. I think that answers yeah, what, kind of three yeah, different questions you, that you asked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't answer your questions. I don't want to interrupt. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good That that's Yeah. You guys can yeah. go. So, so let's talk about what I think Eden um, can do. Um, it can create an incentive to invite people in to eos uh and in creating the eos evangelical uh, promoters out there is how you grow the number of people involved and the number creates a support network for the people that are coming in right so that people aren't just coming and the, the reason why it would incentivize people to invite is because you're going to be assigned to a group of 10 people and if you get elected from that group You get a budget, budget, right? And and you can get that budget. You can do everything. You can keep it all for yourself if you like, or you can give back, right? So you can pay a small amount to participate in the governance and then get some authority and some power and some influence. And all those things can be attractive to people who just want to go do good in the world and want other people to get on board with the impact they want to be. Come to EOS, and it's, it's not like you've got to apply for a worker proposal and no one knows who you are and no one's gonna vote for you because you're unknown. You just have to convince seven out of 10 people that you've got a good cause that's worth funding. And, and I think that's a, be a real attractor. And the bigger the budget and the smaller the community, the more money that each one of those people will have authority over, right? Yeah. And so as the community grows, obviously that budget gets divided among more people and it starts to shrink, but countering that, As the community grows, in theory, the the currency is growing in value and the budget's growing with it. And that's what everyone's seeking is to see the EOS economy, the, the number of people that are citizens. We want to maximize decentralization of control. I can't think of anything that maximizes decentralization more than the governance process I've laid out here. Because every single Pareto distributed system is going to be controlled by the 1% having 51% of the control. Every single one, proof of work, proof of stake, delegated proof of stake. But with Eden, it truly is democratic, unlike all the other democratic systems that we have, which I call democratic in name only or dinos. They they appear to be democratic because there's voting and it's one vote per person, but in practice due to uh, rational ignorance due to um, other factors in the media and selection of the candidates and whatnot, there's other factors at play that introduce the Pareto distribution, which allow incumbents to have the advantage and, and so many things. But with Eden, it, I think is gonna be the most decentralized consensus building algorithm uh, for the sub- subjective consensus building, and that it should build unity. And that's, that's really what we're all about with blockchain. Right? We wanna reach consensus, get the protocol level consensus, and then you've got the subjective governance layer consensus. And I think that could really set EOS apart and could create a movement of people that want to be part of EOS just because of the consensus mechanism. Because imagine how much better the world would be if we had truly democratic societies where people's opinions could be heard, where in, increase increased their autonomy and and so forth. I think there's a lot of appeal to be involved in that, right? Because it's not just enough to have a community that's, Hey, when moon, make me money, that mindset of inviting people to a community to buy the token so that you can make money. Well, the only way you make money is by selling the token. That's not a, a good thing to bring people into. You wanna bring people and say, hey, come buy the token. By the way, I don't wanna sell. You know, I want to be in this community and, and use this currency and, and see this change in the world. And that's something that you want to invite people to instead of begging people to buy your bags.
2: So I'd like to address that part because I've heard you say that on many occasions and I, I agree to a certain extent, I don't fully agree. So I agree that in order to lock in the gains, you need to sell. But on paper, knowing that you own assets without selling them still brings freedom to a lot of people. So the The idea that the currency that you're holding increases in value without actually locking in that value is still freedom in itself. So I'd like to make that distinction. Um, and, And this is what I think is a lot of the frustration of the community is that they're holding on to assets that they've seen decrease in value. They feel like they're a slave to the system because once they sell, they're locking in that loss. And so they don't sell. And so they're stuck in the community, and all they can do is bitch Mm -hmm. about it. So we see the reverse, right? So I'm not convinced that just the token price rising means that people leave the community.
1: Uh,
0: Not 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 not
2: inherently to 100%. Some will. some, some, And some will perhaps also create a drip. And so they'll sell a little bit in order to be able to survive. But as the currency goes up, they don't need to sell as much. And so they're still part of the community. They still own the asset. So I don't think it's an all. Let,
1: let me rephrase that, right? It's it's the, it's the, you want a community that wants to be in the currency. Of course. Uh, they want to be a part of it, no matter what the currency is doing. Obviously they prefer that it's going up because that means the community is growing in power and in economic might, right? So the community is growing stronger as the price is going up because people want to stay in and they don't want to sell. And, uh, and if, you, if that's the outcome you want, you can't focus on make the price go up because that's sending the wrong message to the people you want to attract in, Mm. right? Because people want to join something. They want to join a group of people that don't want to sell. That's when the price goes up. Uh, Yeah, well, the the token valuation
2: is a variable. It's not the most important variable, but it definitely is an important variable. It definitely is a tangible representation of value. Um, And I would agree that The stronger the community theoretically the stronger the 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 currency in this case or the 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 token and so it's one of the factors that i think was never really addressed especially in the west um in the east that is definitely more front and center um, in terms of discussions even discussion being held and being able to to talk about it whereas in the west it was always somewhat taboo to discuss the fact that perhaps you're in here because there's financial ties linked to it, and so we saw kind of a void of never talking about it. To that's the only thing people talk about. The pendulum just swung way the other way, and um, so I think that a lot of the frustration comes from that. From it's the release of three years of not being able to talk about it while it was going down. But anyways, we, we're kind of going on a tangent. Well, I, don't, I mean, want th- to think talk about, about that it enables. Party. Like.
0: P- price does matter in a lot of ways. Um, oh. Two years ago, you would see block, pr- I mean, this is before the voter awards and stuff, but there was just more capital to go around. There's more projects being invested in because whenever you're in big profits, you're able to invest to grow the system around you. And there were like a lot of more events sponsored, things like that. And that's, Maybe,
1: sure. I, I, I'm not disagreeing that the, the goal is to increase the the value of the community currency by producing economic activity. I'm saying that with that goal, the best way to achieve it is to focus on building a community that people want Agreed. to be a part of, yes. building an economy that people want to be a part of, and that Agreed. when you do those things, you get the result you want. Correct. You focus on the results in, in place of doing those other things, uh, or, or you know, then it kind of creates the opposite of what you want. Then you. This is applies to all areas of life. If you're working at a job and the only thing you're thinking about is your paycheck and getting a raise... Yeah, uh, that's different than saying, how am I going to produce most value for my employer uh, and so forth. Right? It's a, it's a mindset, it's a way of being that, um, you know, the paycheck minded employees sabotage their own career advancement, whereas the passion driven employees can will naturally start um, ha- have greater success. And that's, that's not a hundred percent rule, but it's a general statement that the more you focus on what you don't want, the more you focus, which is the price going down, right? The more you focus on the thing you're measuring instead of the thing that causes it to grow, uh, you, you're, you're not focusing on the thing that's gonna get you the results that you want. And so- Which
2: is why it's I important hope, to now focus on where we're heading, where are we going? Yes. That's the important.
1: Yeah, where, where are we going? Who are we going there with? And why are we doing it? Um, and, and I want to create a community that's maximizing the independence of the people uh, to be as financially independent, as socially independent, as technologically independent uh, as possible so that we can be as free as possible together. Uh, and that, that is a mission that I think a lot of people can get behind. Uh, and that will attract people and that will produce the results you want. Sure, a lot of people can get behind the pump and dump uh, and a lot of people can get behind FOMO but th- those don't have lasting long-term, right? You have to sell the top, right? It's like GameStop. Everyone piles on, but you know this thing's gonna crash. And it's just who can get out first? And most people end up hurt. But if you focus on building a community and an economy, then it can go forever and it can continue to grow and it can provide not just economic gains, but friends, relationships, uh, and new kinds of independence, where uh, that independence that money can't even buy that's what the community can produce. And that's what I'm looking to invite people into. And I am so thrilled that I've gotten such a warm welcome back to the community after after these three years uh, and working with the block producers uh, and so forth. It's been really good to be back and can't wait to see what we're gonna do together.
2: It's been good to have you back, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I've got a question for you, Dan. How fast? Because that's time is is an important factor, and I we, we've lost a lot of time. How quickly do you think we can get a base functionality, base system set up, and what do you need to make that happen?
1: Yeah, I've been working with uh, a team of people not not the Clarion Clarion team, but a team of people from the community that are very passionate about seeing this process implemented, and. Uh, I always said that technology is meant to serve a community. The community is actually exists prior to the technology. We can implement political playoffs without writing a single line of code, um, and do so in a way that is transparent and audible and verifiable. Uh, and that can be done with nothing but a Zoom meeting. Zoom already supports randomized breakout groups. Uh, and so, we can vet people, we can get people in, and we can hold the very first political playoff uh, in the next couple of months, months, um, even before we get the technology to select a leader for the first year and, and, and a set of leaders for that first year. Uh, and then the block producers can fund that without even doing any inflation. You can use the RAM fee or some of the other pools of savings that have, are just sitting there but under control of block producers uh, to fund the development of the on-chain version uh, of the greater political playoff process, where all the votes are on-chain and everything like that. But the community comes first, it's the people that matter, and it's the public transparency. So you record the Zoom call that demonstrates the complete transparency of who is involved, the, uh, how did it happen, and then the funds go to the right people. And if that's the case, people can trust it, and we can move forward. And And we're not creating a situation where, uh, what I see so often is hey I've got a really great idea let me build you know spend ten million dollars building a prototype and then try to get people to use it and people don't like it maybe political playoffs people don't want to be on camera or there's there's some aspect of it that we don't know I want to test it with the minimum possible technology to prove the concept to allow the community to experience what it could be like and then we can fund um, the Dow aspect of it completely on chain. But selecting some leaders in the community, getting them some funding in their hands, uh, I think we can do in a couple of months Uh, if the community is open and the blog producers are open to um, an off chain -chain soft consensus um, based on political playoffs.
2: And then do you, so the the current idea is 0.25% of inflation uh, after the system is live and running and, and and essentially implemented, how much funds or how many funds? Because people are going to be asking, and obviously that's going to be my job to go lobby to get those funds, give or take. What do you think is required to actually start this up? Do you have you thought about this? Is there a number in mind?
1: Well, there's a lot of room, on the right? spot. Feel free <laughs> to yeah, I I can't give you an actual number of what it's going to take, but I can put it in perspective. Yeah. That uh, you know. 10 million dollars can hire 50 devs right Uh, and 50 reasonable devs at western wages Um, and that can do a lot 50 devs working just on this is bigger than the block one team working just on eosio right that is a lot that can be done with just 0.25 percent inflation um so if the network grows or we choose to say, hey, rather than we're funding the west with 0.25, we're from the east with 0.25. And now we got twice as much. You can get a lot done with 50 devs. And I think we can build a prototype, a minimum system, with five devs initially. And it's, it's a trade-off between speed <coughs> and uh, and cost. But some things just take time. And sometimes throwing more money and more devs at it is not the answer. We've you know, at also log need non
2: devs. Part so, of this, part of this initiative yeah. is that you need other people that aren't necessarily coders, but that right. also should be compensated. And or, if they are compensated, the likelihood that the output will be more reliable is probably greater.
1: Yeah, we need community news networks like like this that are uh, <laughs> producing video content, educating people. We need ambassadors that are out there moderating we need community participants. Like if we could coordinate the community to say, hey, everyone, we're gonna go do this and people show up and they do it because that was the consensus that, w- that was reached. And that's what that would be a very powerful group of individuals because they've bought into the fact that we're gonna collaborate, they've bought into the governance model and they're going to honor their agreement to follow the leadership and the rules that we've set up. And when they make a request, things happen. You know, that's how we get real change in the world. Uh, and I think that this process and EOS has, can do it. Um, so I'm saying that there's a lot that can be done with, with that budget, increasing the budget and the spread, spreading it out of, across more people with more autonomy, right, trying to micromanage budgets and trying to, um, you know, hold things in escrow and then have someone evaluate whether or not it's been done. It slows everything down. It's better to find a system that puts people that can be trusted. And if they waste the money, they won't, they won't get elected. And we'll, the next time we'll know that and we'll go through. The, the point is to generate economic activity, to allow a lot of ideas to flourish, and, and to do so with some, some accountability. Uh, and I think that that's what Eden has the potential to do. Uh, I think that we can get the first couple million dollars funded uh, without adding any inflation, and then if we like how the experiment's going, we can we can adjust the inflation, we can tweak the the algorithm, and and evolve. So that's that's my case.
0: So you said you could afford fifty good devs, but how many devs were you overseeing at, at block one before you left?
1: I think Block One's publicly stated they have approximately 300 people between Voice and uh, ESIO and Bullish and. But specifically,
0: everything. devs, how how many roughly? Well,
1: okay, actual devs writing code. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
0: it, it's I it guess depends. product managers, you know, product I, would, managers and, I guess. And, let me let me maybe get to where I'm going with it. Before, let, let me let me just. Take you where I was heading with it, because I, I think that part's irrelevant, is if you had 50 devs employed by EOS, how would their output be more optimized than block one over the last few years? Because arguably, like the main, EOS is great, the maintenance of the software, but I think part of the discontent within the community were expectations in products being launched mm-hmm. by block one, and I'm assuming that there's less restrictions and limitations building out in the open, like, in a like. With-
1: it comes down to autonomy of the developer. Is the developer choosing the task they're working on? Are they passionate about the tasks they work on? Do they have the ability to publish? Do they have the ability to cooperate with people that maybe aren't getting paid um, to do so? Uh, the more autonomy you give people, the more productive they can be. It might be a little chaotic. There might be redundant work and so forth. When you have a big organization that's trying to create a coherent product that's managed to particular schedules and deliverables and and sprints and public communication standards and documentation standards, all these things can really slow down development compared to giving one dev free reign. I, there's there's a dev, you know, a single dev can completely build a, a functional prototype of voice in three months. One dev, three months. Right? Steam it. Two or three devs built a functional social media platform in just a couple of months. Devs can be incredibly productive if you don't have the layers and layers of bureaucracy uh, on top. And the more professional you try to get, the more you try to get into a product pipeline that has a particular release date and uh, regulations and all these other business concerns. Those things just add overhead that slows things down. So how fast a dev can go is minimizing the number of meetings they have to attend, <laughs> right? There's, a, there's, there's certain things that in corporate culture that just slow things down. And I'm not saying this is not anything bad about block one. This is every single big company has these challenges associated with it. And I think that a, a community that is has 10 autonomous teams of five is better than one community with one company with 50 employees or, or 50 devs and so what i would want to do is empower the gray mass team the diffuse team the hyperion team the and, and i guess the prediction market right iq and um and atomic assets and all these other um 5 projects these all these have lots of teams and if we got if we seeded those teams with a little extra money collectively the total output of that would be um uh, Evolve much, much faster, but in unpredictable ways compared to say, a centralized company that's trying to have one roadmap that forces everything into it. Um, so I we
0: think We see that- a lot of innovation in Polkadot. So Web3 Foundation gives out grants like candy, 30K grants to so many different teams and a lot of what they're building might turn into nothing, but some of it will be great like plugins or modules that other people could build upon. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's working over there. Like uh, there's people using other tools that were built through grants. And it's, I, I think yeah. it would build a strong ecosystem, and this would be doing it in a more decentralized way than through like web three
1: foundation. At, at block one, we started doing some grants. At, at a certain point, like in, investing in a company requires far more due diligence and far more uh, li- liability uh, for the investor than just giving grants. It, you can easily spend $30,000 Just doing due diligence with your legal team right and then there's only so much bandwidth that you can use at at upper management to evaluate all the projects uh and and then how how well can you delegate authority down to allow people to fund things without that getting abused right and so there's all these things that come into play but that's one of the benefits of eden is that we've come up with a system for basically giving grants you're randomly assigned to a group of 10 and one person in that 10 is going to receive a grant no matter what that's a powerful powerful way of of vetting and distributing the funds without bottlenecking at a centralized decision maker saying what things are worth funding and what things are not because i don't care how smart you are nobody knows everything that's worth funding and uh and so that's the power of eden is to get grants into as many hands as possible and the And then everyone who receives a grant, they come together and they have to pick someone to receive a bigger grant, right? And so you have uh, the best of people's ideas have to agree on who has the best idea uh, and so on. Uh, And in that way, uh, lots of things can happen. And which way it evolves, I don't know. I just know that the more eyes you have, the more wisdom of the crowds you can tap, the better the final result will be and the more organic the final result will be.
0: So it sounds like both of these initiatives and the Eden initiative and then the grant portal that we discussed yesterday are on similar timelines. You're both saying a couple of months. Eve said mid Q3 potentially, and you're saying in a couple of months. So I've always found sentiments and communities the best when there's something like on the horizon to look forward to. That's why B1 June was so successful. It gave us months of ah, I can't wait to go to this global party. It's going to be great. And it probably created too much excitement and expectations, but that's always the best time. It's when you're the happiest you have a vacation to look forward to in the future. And right now we have two really fruitful things on the horizon th- this year. Um, how, how do you guys, and maybe I'll ask Eve, cause I think it's your turn to talk, but how do you see the grant portal and Eden coexisting? And like, what would the differences be based on your understanding of Eden? Because I, I know you understand what you built.
2: Uh, yeah, it's a a really good question. We actually we were talking about that yesterday. So, because people asked right away, aren't these in direct competition? Are you guys going to be fighting? No. Why? Why? Why do people assume right away that this is going to be negative? Why can't both coexist? And why wouldn't both be targeting essentially have different outputs because they're targeted in a way to different types of people or different types of projects? I see Eden, especially if we're talking about let's say in a in a one year time-lapse, I see Enin more of as an ongoing funding with much larger funding than uh, the crowdfunding platform, which will be more of a one-off funding and short-term injections. So if you were, let's take an example of, of Dan mentioned we need a a network of API nodes all around the globe, and they need to be very, very uh, reliable. Well, you don't want APIs that perhaps might have funding for the next two months and then no longer have funding after three months. That needs to be more of a a base inflation ongoing funding and you don't want the team to have to justify every couple of months and to go raise funds from the community to be able to do that completely different thing. Whereas, for example, um, you might have an injection for a particular, let's say EOS marketplace, for example, it might say, we need a certain amount of funds. And so we're going to go in this crowdfunding platform. We do have a big community again, because of the quadratic formula, the quadratic funding and quadratic formula, essentially the power of more people We need funding for a certain thing, but we're really independent. We don't need ongoing funding, but we want a cash injection and we want to put it up to the people as to whether or not they agree. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, Eden, you're putting up to nine other people. And then it's, it is a political process. This one is more so a, a, there's a matching pool, but it's also a contribution directly from the community. It's way more short term focused. Both of them in, in tandem can be incredibly powerful because now you're really plugging in different kinds of holes. Uh, so I think that both of them combined, yeah, you, you could- as you said, time wise, incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Especially you can see coming somebody, from this, sorry, coming you see from someone on Eden <laughs>
1: getting some money and then putting it into correct uh, yeah uh, yeah. yeah so I see That's people amazing. from Eden
2: in order to get, for example, up and one of the promises that they can do and one of the things they could do is we're going to send the matching pool, whatever the round is, we're going to match that. That's one of the things that we're going to do. I don't see the opposite so much happening, but I do see because the amounts just won't be enough or consistent enough because of the timelines. But I do see Eden people saying, hey, I've got a I think the largest budget for the top is 10 million. Uh, no. What's the largest one? The 10 million in total, but the largest one is five
1: 12, million, 5 million. The top, and then five hundred thousand.
2: Mm. So of my 500,000, I'm so. putting 50,000 in the matching pool and putting 150,000 in the matching pool. And that's one of the things that I'm doing with the funds that I receive under my purview. Um, so I think they'll they'll work really, really well together. I, I think another thing it'll do is
0: so I, I was just going to say, like, both ideas are great. It's even greater they're having it at the same time, because for the last three years, there's been one income source for the entire network. And that's been the block producer inflation. And because of the uh, last year, the way the rewards have worked, even the BPs aren't really making that much money. So it's like, nobody has capital to grow the ecosystem. They're just trying to keep the lights on. And now we have something on the horizon on the short-term horizon that could add a, a, a lot of extra fuel that, that wasn't there before. And one thing that wasn't possible before is nobody could actually, like, A lot of people have other jobs or other things that they do. So maybe they could apply through the grant portal for an an initial funding. And it just so happens to time up with the next political playoff so that they're positioning themselves to be available to put in the hours and, and dedication to the political playoff. Because that's one of the limitations that I see is how many people actually have the motivation to do it, the time to do it, the focus to do it. Uh, let alone the influence to be able to get through the rounds. But I think that's secondary to um, just getting people to show up in the first place, mm. because I think for this to work, you need a lot more people to show up. And then you also have to deal with um, the natural human thing. If you don't think you're going to win is you're not even going to try. So you need more. You need those people to just do it just because they know it's going to help the the process. Because what I don't want to see is this thing get kicked off and us find out that there's only like a hundred people competing in it, then like the three of us end up in the same group in the first round. <laughs> that would like that, that, there's less risk of that happening whenever you, you expand the group to thousands. Um, yep. What other ideas are there to uh, facilitate this with everyone's busy schedules? Like how many people out there are, do we have thousands of people that could dedicate hours and hours each, uh, uh, how many hours do you anticipate does, per how does week it, and it fit into people's schedules?
1: Well. The election can happen in a single day but for most people. So, for most people, you, you pick one day, like a weekend, at a, yeah. at a particular time announced before the election even starts, and then people. There's another source of funding here. In order to participate in Eden, you have to put some money in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So it's not all coming from inflation because because the money gives you skin in the game. It proves that you're contributing, and that then you're going to have some say over where this money is spent. Um, so people have once they put their money in, they're going to show up uh, because otherwise they're wasting their money. Not only that, but they've got their reputation on the line because if you don't show up, and if enough people in your group don't show up, your whole group is is done because you failed to reach consensus. And so there's a need to make sure that a it's invite only. So as you invite people in, you only want to invite people who you believe are going to show up and do their part uh, and so forth. Uh, And then um, you can control the size of the groups. There's other things you can do to kind of uh, um, manage at a smaller scale uh, and then grow. What we don't want to do is say, hey, everybody, just come and participate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no skin in the game. That's not what we want. We want active Mm -hmm. people that want to participate in governance, that want to have influence. Um, And I think that there are a thousand people. That we can recruit uh, that would be interested in this uh, and, and that would just be a starting point and if it works more people will show up uh and and i think that it's just it's about growing organically instead of growing for growth's sake instead of just saying hey everybody come and mm-hmm. just get a mass number of people that's not good you want to manage the culture and grow organically so people understand the values uh and understand what it is they're involved in because if they don't uh then it's going to degrade very quickly
2: your foundations are going to be shaky and it doesn't matter what you
0: build them on i I think if we can get a thousand people it would that would probably be the minimum number just to distribute everyone in in the first round because whenever i think of um if, if it was Like the group that was there at B1 June, there's like a picture of everyone on stage together. And these are like the people that I would expect to want to do this. They'd have the time, the dedication to do it. And if I was in a group with any three or four of them, it'd be a really, really tough decision to make. And I guess that's a good thing because that means the next layer is just gonna be that much stronger. So maybe
1: even if you don't win, there's other people out there that will represent, I will support this person, vote for me. And if, if he gets voted out, then I'm gonna support his cause. And that's gonna be their platform. Their platform is gonna be supporting you. Uh, and the thing about political playoffs, it's designed intentionally to prevent incumbents from getting an advantage. There's a chance I won't make it out of the first 10, right? I get put in a group that either randomly has people not show up or randomly it has three people that really hate me for some reason, uh, I could be out. And that's a feature, not a bug, because if that wasn't the case, then i would be the new leading political olig- oligarchy and mm-hmm. it wouldn't necessarily be represented the people It'd be dan's chain this is about creating a, a, a system that is actually representative of the people now if i got voted out other people are going to say hey i really like what dan has to say if dan gets voted out i'm gonna i'm gonna support what he's mm-hmm. doing yeah uh, and so forth and so there's yeah. but that creates checks and balances in the power and that's um, you know, I, one of the things I mention in, in my book is we can't allow the end result not necessarily being what we would want to judge the means by which we got there. The means have to justify themselves because the means are all there is. The end is is always changing, but the means are constant. Uh, so the means justify themselves. And then if we can agree to that, then we can agree to whatever outcome. I, I can say, yeah, I didn't win. That's fine. I can still support Whoever did win, um, and if it really goes south and it doesn't work, then I, you know you leave the community, and that's fine. Uh, so that's the that's the potential that Eden has, and I'm really excited that uh, that we can introduce a new level of decentralization, uh, a new level of political decentralization that's unique in the blockchain industry, and I think uniqueness. And innovation do carry a lot of weight in the cryptocurrency space, and if people see the community being positive, being well governed, dealing with uh, bad actors uh, in a way that they can believe in, I think we'll see a lot of growth. I think you know when we originally announced EOS, it was supposed to be the governed blockchain, and a lot mm-hmm. of people signed up for the belief in the governance, um, and that governance kind of disappeared or went into the background, Eden kind of brings it back with a, with a new light as a new way of achieving it. And I think that that's going to attract a lot of people who want to see good governance in action.
0: I think part of the problem with the original governance was it lacked funding initially. So like with ECAF and stuff, we had a bunch of volunteers that were responsible for doing all of this work. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, you, you,
1: it lost, it lacked funding and it lacked consensus building. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, um, people didn't believe in the process and how it came to be. So all those things, uh, conspired against it. And then it, there was a little bit of a sloppy execution early on, but I think that going, going forward with Eden, people can buy in. It, it actually is a process that people can believe in. They opt into it. They put their own money on the line. I think that it has potential to do a lot of good and demonstrate the power of the EOS community and create something unique in the space. I think Eden could be one of the killer apps for EOS.
0: And so with the first one being not really any software at all, it will take, and even with the software, it still take a whole lot of human coordination. Um, yes. are, are you planning to take on that burden, or yes? Uh, organize. You're um, already organizing the team to or, organize the team to organize the first political playoff. So it's going to be a, a monumental task.
1: It's 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 happening. Uh, it's going to happen, and I'm excited to see some uh, just the engagement, the people working full time, voluntarily to make this happen. So this is outside of the team I've hired to to build apps. So this is, this is huge. And I think there's a lot of buy in uh, from the community on the EOS community.org website. There's something like uh, 85% were for it. 11% said maybe they support it and only two or 3% were against this general direction. I've never seen something and this is with hundreds of votes. So there's a lot of belief in the in the potential of this new governance paradigm.
2: Eve, got any uh, questions? No, I was, I was just <laughs> muted because it's not you'd hear noise in the background. Um, uh, I, I had a question. Um, so when do you think you're going to propose the first Dan Larimer msig on EOS mainnet,
1: Dan? I'm working with some people about setting up a proxy. Um, uh, so that that's one element that I'm considering getting involved in that way. Um, but, yeah, we'll see.
2: <laughs> no timeline on, on when you expect to start this process then or when you'll need the chain formally to be involved? Uh, I kind of have so work I'm to not- do to make sure that th- it's ready for when you do that. So I'm kind of looking for a sense of time here, if possible.
1: Sure, sure. I don't want to have any um uh, i want to build and deliver eden before the community um hands over funds so what i proposed was that my team uh would build it and then uh, if community approves then the funds could be allocated to um to if we wanted to build a if we want to do it manually say the first round and we have multi-sig we're going to do it offline i haven't quite figured out how that would go since we're just starting this conversation but I think that uh, we, we could absolutely do it um, much faster than many people would think the main thing is if if you tell me the rest of the block producers are online and, and ready to to support this this concept uh, we could have a very interesting summer
0: it's exciting um, so I, I think we've covered all of the planned topics, I think now is the point where like, Eve, if you have just random questions or Dan, you have random questions for Eve, cause he could speak up for a lot of the block producers in some ways. I have a question uh, to just clear something up for the community that it, it's just been confused on. You are probably one of the people that are most knowledgeable to speak to it. Uh, how would you uh, describe the ideal relationship between the EOS public network and block one and what should everyone's expectations actually be? In your opinion, your personal opinion.
1: Yeah, the expectation between EOS and block one should be the same as Telos and block one or Wax and block one or verbally and block one or any of the other EOS IO chains in block one. The fact that EOS is called EOS uh, and block one called their tokens distribution EOS, that, that we should, should separate that concept and that's a good thing for the community to separate um eos and the eos project launched by community members without uh, block one guiding the launch the community needs to own what they launched and created and block one is there to provide support and bug fixes and security updates i i I know that you know when researchers find a security hole they tell block one block one pays bounties and coordinates with block producers behind the scenes to throw out patches to make sure that uh, if problems are found, it's, they're solved before anyone can, can exploit them. Uh, and I, I can see Block 1 con- continuing to be involved in that way. I can also see Block 1 participating um, in Eden or some of these other things if it was in their business interest. But we need to view Block 1 as Block 1 is not EOS, Block 1's business is not EOS. They've got a large stake. They want to see EOS be successful. I know they want EOS to be successful, uh, but they need EOS to be successful kind of on its own uh, instead of as a dependent of Block One. So, the healthiest thing the community could do is to uh, welcome everything Block One wants to contribute, but don't have expectations that the, the billions of dollars are going to be used to uh, benefit the network in any particular way. Um, I, I know that blog one's work on some really cool stuff that can benefit the network. Um, but that's, they're just like every other company out there that's building on EOS. They happen to have a lot of money, but lots of companies integrate with EOS and have lots of money, whether it's Coinbase or various exchanges, these are all businesses with assets that are integrated with EOS. Uh, and I think that that's kind
0: of how you have to view block one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the other thing. So whenever we talked about making EOS great again, and when it wasn't so great for a, a period of time, one of the th- uh, things that set expectations were some of the things mentioned at B1June as far as deploying things to EOS, giving away free EOS accounts. Uh, do you think that those expectations uh were wrong to believe that and do you think we should hang on to the like we talked today a lot about uh letting go of the past and moving forward and focusing on the positive and Mm -hmm. the way to do that is to let go and realize that things may have changed due to some sort of pivot or something that we we aren't aware of like what should the community's expectations be based on your own knowledge of like the free EOS accounts and the deploying to any anything to the the mainnet and things like that is that past expectations? You know,
1: when I was there, they were still talking about it, so it's not like they've ruled it out. But there's lots of variables whether uh, voice or bullish end up enabling uh, free EOS accounts is to be determined. I don't know uh, what their plan is, and their plans can change, so I can't. I can't speak mm-hmm. to what to expect from block one other than to say that the people at block one are, they mean well and they want EOS to be successful and they're trying to figure out the best business case to make it sustainable and justifiable. Right? They're a business. They're in it to make money. It's not a a charity to, to pump EOS bags. They need a sustainable business model that is safe with the regulators that um there's, there's a lot of factors going on at block one and it doesn't help us you know as a community i'm myself as, a, as a, it doesn't matter You're who a community you are member. <laughs> right, as, as a community member being disappointed about someone else not doing what you want is a waste of your energy mm-hmm. right it's it's a waste it's it's sapping you it's not benefiting you to you know be upset or to dwell on it and this is where where practices of meditation and mindfulness, living in the present, living with the spirit of thankfulness, doing things out of an act of giving instead of demanding, instead of making things right and wrong. Uh, so that mindset and a community with that mindset will be far more powerful and more productive to reach the goals they want than a community that's just walking around all day saying woe is me, when are they going to do something, being bitter about what didn't happen in the past, demanding something to happen in the future that you have no control over making and you can't make them do anything. Uh, And so you're just wasting all this energy stewing and whatnot. That's not productive for the community. That doesn't create a community that other people want to join, right? Are you going to want to come into a community where everyone's like, man, these people, they have all this money. They're not doing what we want them to do and gumball, gumball. People are going to leave. They're not going to sign up if that's the attitude within the community. So the more we can... You know, even if you think that Block One should have done something, that you think that they're wrong for what they did, uh, there's a there's a point in time where forgiveness and forget is actually the best policy, even if you've been wronged, and even if that's what you believe um, is is the situation. Uh, so, I'm I'm hoping that we can relate to each other and everyone in the community, whether it's block producers or Block One or exchanges that are supposedly evil and voting with users tokens, right? All these people that we've demonized and blamed for for our failures are blamed for the reason why. We've got to let go of all that because that's just going to divide us and we're not going to get to go where we want to go. So if I can't emphasize enough the importance of focusing on the positive, focusing on what we have, focusing on the great community of people that are still around. I mean, it's amazing to see how many people are here really believing in the mission and that mission if we focus on that, we'll bring us together. It'll bring more people in. We'll get the growth. And we'll get to where we all want to be as a massive community making an impact in the world. Um, so that's that's my take on what to expect from Block 1. Don't expect anything, but don't, uh, don't feel sad about it, either.
0: Well, uh... I don't have any more questions, so th- we have we have Dan's attention. I, that's why I asked Eve if you have anything you wanted to get out, or if anyone in the channel has like reasonable questions, we can probably give a couple minutes.
2: Yeah, well, maybe maybe there's some questions in the chat. I saw some uh, uh, some people asking questions earlier. I need to scroll back up, but uh, let me just scan quickly. If there's anything. Um...
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I okay. This is a question I've been dying to ask. Dan, what was all the RAM for? Come on. Free accounts. So it's just to kind of lock in a price uh, with the expectations yeah, of free it, accounts. It's,
1: it's, it's hedging the, the uh, cost of RAM when we're going to uh, get a lot of voice users on EOS. That was, that was the idea.
0: Pretty, pretty, pretty logical. That's been something I've actually wondered for a while. Um, so
1: we, my, my take is, we know, that eventually, we'll need RAM on EOS uh, for whatever product we needed. And we might as well hedge our bets. Uh, particularly when we knew that the B1 June announcement was gonna come on, and we needed to secure resources before the resources got even more expensive, which might have injured the business uh, opportunity.
0: Mm hmm. And I guess to just recap uh, what we've been talking about this entire time is so up until now, basically, we've had the token holder consensus where a lot of people felt unempowered. If you don't have millions of tokens, you don't really have a say. So what, what is being proposed here is essentially a dual governance ecosystem, like two, two balances of power in, in a way. Is that like a, a fair way of describing this is that you have a democracy and a plutocracy with the token? Wait,
1: um, uh, the power still remains the same. It's still token holders electing block producers and block producers choosing how to allocate inflation to which thousand and and the like, the power doesn't change. Um, but, uh, it's possible that in the future, the power could change. If, uh, if it makes sense, one of the great things about Eden, yeah. One of the things about Eden is it's now possible to create a blockchain that's decentralized. With no tokens, because you can use the Eden process to select block producers, and the block producers can operate the network, and then the network can have tokens or not have tokens. But that's just an app that happens to run on the community's network. You don't need to have any stake-weighted stake-weighted voting at all. Uh, it's and it's still decentralized. Uh, so that's that's the real potential of what Eden could become. I'm not advocating that now. I don't want the block producers to get scared to say that's, it's, that's where this is going, because they have the power. They would have to yield that power and believe that, that was better for them in the long run. Um, and it could be better for them in the long run, because right now the block producers are competing for votes and vote buybacks, but maybe under an Eden governance, uh, they could have a more profitable support from you know, without all the other games going on, right? So I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm not saying it won't happen, Um, but there's potential here to have a new consensus algorithm that's above and beyond, any, unlike anything else in the ecosystem at this time, a token-free consensus algorithm.
0: Interesting. (laughs) I just don't want to kill the silence here
2: either. I just have to keep muting myself because there's noise in the background i'm not not trying to engage uh no i think i agree with that. actually uh, the one part i disagree is i think it actually does start the process of transferring power over uh ever so slightly for sure and i agree with that i'm okay with that there's no problem with that um and as we add perhaps other DAOs, so number one let's start with one as we add more essentially we are we are it's, it's not the same as delegating power away or or empowering others it's a, yes. a different it, i don't look at it as the block producers losing any power it's having processes in place so that other people can also be empowered in different ways and mechanisms so that their voice can be represented and amplified through this process which is the the political playoffs and then they get budget that's the big part is they get budget out of this as well so this it's not just theoretical um Uh, there's an economic power that comes associated to that to that process as well Um, where i think it will be interesting to see is whether or not we replicate um what existed after mainnet launch so after mainnet launch the system uh, that currently exists wasn't there before it took about a year and a half for for that to start happening so for the year and a half did we really have a system in place that was so fruitful and that encouraged development and that actually brought value to the project? Well, in a lot of metrics, that was not the case. We saw that if if we just look at the token price, the token price kept going down. So that's not necessarily different. Was community sentiment better? Yes, but was it only because of that? Well, no, because there was also block one more in the mix and there was the hope of B one that type of thing. So I'm I'm interested to see. How much optimism will come back? I think that's definitely going to be a, a higher return on investment. Definitely high. Definitely. I mean, a class. Are you
1: feeling the optimism? I mean, oh, already, saying already, that, that sure. the optimism no is like that. it was uh, back in the early days, right? Yeah. There's, there's a clear trajectory change in optimism and hope, and that's for sure. the first first sign that something something's going to change in yeah. uh, in the in the community. And yeah, you know, I am very pleasantly surprised at how. Protective, the block producers have been uh, that I've talked to. Um, so I'm more optimistic than ever. I I'm glad that the uh, community seems to be embracing the ideas because I think it'll actually help. Um, and this is going to be uh, a very exciting year for EOS.
0: All right. So I guess uh, every look start wrapping up unless you guys have anything else um i know just want to add that
2: yes my power comes from my beard
0: <laughs> so uh what what's what should the expectations be for like the the, the short term here and that, this goes for both of you guys like what do you have going on like uh dan you're you, maybe you could plug your monday calls on telegram and uh all, all, everything else that i guess you're working on that we could expect to see over the next couple of weeks or months yeah.
1: I'm making myself available for voice calls on Telegram, um, and we've had hundreds of people show up to that uh, just to hear what's going on and to ask questions. Uh, I'd say the other thing that I could ask from everyone is please sign up at eoscommunity.org. Just signing up is a a show of support, a belief, uh, you know, a show of numbers. The more accounts we get there, the the better. Uh, and then. Now, I'm going to be posting updates and design documents and discussions on eoscommunity.org. Uh, and so that's a great way to get involved. Um, and it's really, really powerful to have these discussions in a place that Google can search them. We can search them uh, and so forth. And that's free from a lot of the trolls that you would have on other social media platforms,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: When people can go to Reddit or Twitter and, you know, they already have an account that they yeah. don't have to, put any effort to get involved, there's uh, um, a lot more policing that is necessary, but when people put the effort to create an account uh, and to sign up to the forums and engage on the forums, that's the real community, that's the active community, that's a sign of the number of people that might be willing to participate in something like EDEN. So please sign up at eoscommunity.org um, and and that would be the, the start and the, you can follow what's going on and participate in the discussions.
0: All right. Uh, And I I can't remember if I said this before the call or during the live stream, but Dan, you're like the only person that's been able to drive the community away from Telegram. No one, like, like the fact that you were able to bring the community together in the last just couple of weeks, you're also the only person that has been able to get people to do long form communication, which is something that's just been lacking for a long time. Like you, with Telegram only, you just lose so many like
1: yeah, it's all it's all so in We have to yeah. have the same conversations over and over again, and it's hard to search, and there's lots of noise of people chiming in and posting memes and talking price and whatnot. Long form allows us to organize discussions around particular ideas that, um, that can really facilitate consensus building, uh, whereas telegram is is better for relationship building. I think. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the way of of thinking about it. I go to Telegram when I want to to negotiate and have back and forth conversations with people. But when when you want to communicate with all the people and give roadmaps and let people give insights, that's where eoscommunity.org can really shine. Um, and so that'd be good. I've got to go here before my headset right. dies. So,
0: Eve, you want to wrap it up and just plug anything you got going on, and then we could uh,
2: do our little go EOS. Uh, Well, I just did. I just did (laughs) a show yesterday, so there's very little to add. I just want to say that you don't have more news. Yeah, we've heard the we've heard the word consensus a lot today in the last two hours, and um, I just want to say that that's our focus. That's what we want to bring to the table. That's what we've brought to the table from day one, and we are in a position of power. We're in a position of power to be able to bring the other block producers in consensus with the people that Dan is working with, which he's brought in consensus, and I think that. If, if we actually take a step back and we look at Dan's previous projects, um, this was one of the points in time that has occurred on two separate occasions in the past. And in both times, consensus, consensus was not reached. And I do strongly believe, and I'm working towards ensuring that that does not replay that this time, the community and the people with the tokens do come in consensus move forward together to build a better system and to build a stronger sustainable long-term growth system and i actually see that it's going to happen it it will happen it's it's just a question of time it's happening this summer it's happening
1: i believe it too uh the eos community has been it's just a a great community i love all the people that i meet and engage and so i just want to thank everyone for making EOS what it is and to continue to develop on it and we're going to have some really exciting things that I think are going to start coming out of the community uh, over the course of the next year. So it's a whole new network.
0: All right. Amen to that. I think, that's a, that. I think that's a good time. Off. All right. Yeah. So I'm that, properly yeah. Today. I got it, man. I'm I'm, all I'm, I'm, I'm warmed up. It's been a couple of Even weeks. my wife told me, how did uh, Zach it do late, it? Man, I, it, I, I, uh, it was late. Whatever. All right. So <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. Until next time, I'm Zach Gall. I'm here with Eve LaRose, Dan Larimer. Uh, this is everything, EOS. Go, go Eos. 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 Yes, go, EOS. <laughs> All Smash right. Thank you, guys. Up.